<laughs> oh, he is a ginger yeah. little. Hey, yeah, I can't hey. believe hey, my man, my main man, Condi. Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Zero Strategy <laughs> Podcast, episode twenty-nine. <laughs> Uh, we hope you're doing well today, guys. Uh, we appreciate you all being here. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm joined today by my co-hosts, uh, Jessica Rock. Hey. We've got Sir Humps. Hey. And we've got the Mighty Kibbles. I have pushed to talk so I can only do one hand and it's going to look really weird. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so before we get into it all, uh, as always, guys, if you're watching in the live stream and you've got any questions for us or topics or any uh, hot takes, please uh, make sure to let us know in the chat. You can at one of us or at Zero Strategy Podcast so we can see your question in the, uh, in the live chat here. Um, first of all, Grog, how has your week been? Or, well, we didn't have an episode last week, so how has yeah. your last couple of weeks been? What have you been up to? Um, So, last week for... Last couple of weeks for streaming have been good. Um, Last couple of days, I, I've been in a bit of a funk, but um, one of the things that I'm um, stoked about is that my loop deck finally arrived, so we'll we'll talk about... Yeah. After the intros, we'll talk about that at some point. Um. But yeah, things are okay. Um, I, I reached out to someone um, to start talking about like getting a, a channel trailer to put together, as well as like solidifying sort of like a, a branded stinger slash intro for like future videos. Um, so I, I'm that was good progress. I felt I felt happy with. Um, so yeah, there's some things cooking. Heck yeah, uh, Hubs. What have you been up to? Uh. I started streaming again last week. Hey, I took a took a couple. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so much. Um, I took a couple weeks off just uh, reasons. <laughs> um, uh, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow because my wife thinks I'm dying, so I have to go to a doctor's appointment that she made for me. She Does doesn't she have actually... good life insurance. Oh well, we. Uh, we've talked about that <laughs> okay then yeah go to the doctor yeah 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 <laughs> no i'm not she doesn't actually think anyway i have a doctor's appointment tomorrow that's about it just are you dying is this what you're are you trying to say that you're dying i'll know tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> let's just say this isn't the right doctor i need to go to <laughs> <laughs> well i hope uh, i hope all is well Doc there i hope dr spaceman can help you Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kibbles, what have you been up to? Oh, you know. I don't know. That's why I asked. <laughs> I've been playing as much Warzone, been playing mm. some other games, and I've been finishing games. Which, yeah, what? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And like it's 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 pretty dope. I actually have a command in my chat now where people can see what games I've completed. So if they say you don't beat games, I can go well, look at this. <laughs> there's like there's Extra like eight games on there just ignore the ones that i didn't finish <laughs> but yeah, yeah. should should there be a command for all the games that you haven't finished or would that just like uh, is there like a, is there a character limit on <laughs> yeah like, bot? Just, i don't think we need to talk about that and i feel like I'm <laughs> uh, i don't did we announce uh your 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 news on the podcast humps as well we did not 
do you want to tell the ladies and gentlemen about it? Do you want yeah, to stand sure. up and, and show the show the class? <laughs> If oh, you're wait. watching this, if you're listening, just you know, continue listening. I'm going to tell you. But if you're watching, you can tell I'm wearing a shirt. Uh, I have <laughs> for a, once I, the shirt that says "Live Breath." <laughs> live for the first breaded. time on the, in twenty something episodes, I am currently clothed. <laughs> <laughs> um, nope, it is Live Bearded. I've got a sponsor, um, and you can use code Sir Humps at if you're in the United States. I apologize. I'm sorry. They're only United States right now. Um, but you can use uh, code Sir Humps and you can save some money on all your bearded needs. They've got all the bombs, all the oils, all the combs. You got your swag. I got a hat and some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got hats. They got they got all the. <laughs> I actually really do like their. Uh, they call it the beard butter. It's like a cross between a beard balm and like a beard wax. It doesn't have quite the hold as wax, but I don't know. It just feels really good. It's a very on-brand. And you can, you know, save some money. Yeah, and a very on-brand sponsor. How did you? <laughs> yeah, say oil? <laughs> I was really happy about that. <laughs> can you say oil again for me? Well, I I live in the south now, so I feel like I have to say oil. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it caught me off guard. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. I mean, I for the past couple of weeks, so I also took like a week and a half off. After we talked last humps and you were saying how it was kind of just nice to have a break, I really just felt yeah. like doing the same thing. Um, so I took like nine, ten days away from the internet completely. No, like no Twitter, no Discord, no streaming, nothing. Uh, and it was really super nice, honestly. I was, uh, we've talked about it a lot before, but I was definitely feeling the burnout coming in. I wasn't, yeah. I was at a point where I just wasn't interested in playing any game. Like, the idea of playing any game kind of just made me, like, bored. So, I took a break. It felt super weird, but uh, I think it was the right thing to do. Uh, and I encourage anybody who's, uh, you know, currently streaming regularly and, and gets a little bit burnt out to take a break. Um, I feel so much better now that I'm, I'm back. And uh, I've kind of changed up my approach to streaming a little bit as well. Um so instead of doing like you know before it was like i need minimum five streams a week uh or else i feel like a piece of shit um i'm now kind of like you know what we'll do maybe three a week and we'll just see what happens and uh i'm trying to focus a little bit more on like planning stuff so that because a lot of my issue was i felt like a, a lot of the time i would go live and it would inevitably just end up with me just sitting playing games and it's not there wasn't much more going on um yeah. So trying to actually plan stuff out to make things a bit more uh, of an event uh, is kind of what I'm going for now. So, dude, I feel I feel good. I'm glad to be back. Definitely, good, was, uh, and nice you're wearing pants more. Yeah, which is right? great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been super nice. Um, so yeah, we have a few things to talk about. Uh, so, but well, first of all, you mentioned in your intro there, Grog, that you had your loop deck arrive finally. Yeah. So I saw some of your thoughts on Twitter. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people did. Uh, was it at Gamer underscore Grog? Yes, Gamer underscore Grog, yep. Why don't you give us a summary? What's your thoughts on it? Tell us all about it. So um, I'm I'm typically long-winded, so I'll definitely try and make this succinct. Um, the loop deck, for anyone who didn't catch it in a previous podcast, basically they are, they did not, start as a competitor to say elgato they actually were a company that started designing um, hardware peripherals for editors primarily video editors 
and uh, photographers using, say, like Adobe Lightroom or Adobe Premiere. And they had, at the time, a suite of two and then expanded to three different physical devices. So they, they are a, a hardware peripheral, usually, you know, um, kind of depending on size, like either from like a... a, a Kind of like the size of like one of the 30 button stream decks to like one of them is kind of almost like a, a 60, 65% size keyboard. And that's more towards like video editors. But the idea was that there's a lot of uh, controls that people, that creative individuals who are, who are creating content need to um, sort of expedite their workflow. So if you're like color grading or if you're um, needing to like have a quick button to like lock frames or um, basically a lot of shortcuts that might otherwise be lost in a string of kind of random, you know, mental commands. Like I have to hold option shift alt nine to make this happen or, you know, like, you know, like uh, shift a blah, blah, blah. The whole idea was that you'd have a piece of hardware where you actually had a, a dedicated control for some of these very specific functions. So then more recently, Loop Deck has been going from highly specific hardware to something that is a little there's a loop deck ct which is kind of like what i have it's just uh slightly bigger and basically the loop deck live is what i just recently purchased so the loop deck live is in terms of form factor about the same size as the 15 button stream deck it's a little wider i'm about the same height because uh, i got both in front of me right now and basically Whereas the Stream Deck has, you know, physical buttons that you depress that are LED uh, lit from behind that are basically little mini screens um, that can show animated pictures and stuff like that. The Loop Deck does the same thing, but instead of it being physical buttons that rise up, it's a touch pad. So there's a grid of, um, uh, it's four rows and three columns. Uh, sorry, no, three rows, four columns. So it's, it's three top to bottom and then four across. And then there's also these like kind of two peripheral um, sidebars. And those peripheral sidebars basically go to six individual dials. And then there's a row of um, seven buttons across the bottom. So when it comes down to it, comparing this loop deck to say like the stream deck, um, one of the things that's nice is with the stream deck, you have to be thoughtful in terms of like nesting folders within folders yeah. unless you're only content with just having 15 buttons but the whole idea is that you can really get away with like packing more in by like uh thinking about how to tier your like content it. yeah exactly um so like i press one button and this is like my em emotes folder and then i press this one and this is my like all of my nightbot prompts and then i press this button and it's all something else um basically the loop deck can do that you can make pages within pages or, or rather like like folders but because it's a touch screen you can also just swipe so you can actually just drag your finger across if you're in a workspace and you can just move from one page to the next without actually having to like give up a spot on that grid to being a folder button mm -hmm. um that's one little thing but the other thing is the buttons across the side are dial well they're both dials and buttons so I have three down the left, three down the right, and you can program what the incremental like upturn is on a dial and also what the downturn is, as well as the button press. And so each of those buttons 
um, each of those dials also corresponds to a little slice of these vertical screens. So you have a little screen next to you where like, for example, right now, my top left dial is my system audio. Um, so if I need to hear you guys more, I literally can just crank it up to the right as you'd expect a dial to do. And I have visual feedback where it's telling me the volume is going up. If I contextually double tap, I can press, I can click the button in and just mute system audio. But if I actually double tap the LED, the LED screen, uh, the touch screen, it also functions the same as though I clicked the button of the dial. Hmm. So that each dial can depress, that is an action. You can also double tap the uh, visual like readout next to it to function like a button press. Um, the dials can be programmed to do different things. So like on one of my um, scenes, um, I actually have like these little GIF animations on my um, uh, in my OBS where I activate the source by turning it on or off. So I actually have one dial uh, that I've assigned to two different little pop-up overlays. And because I use them frequently, if I scroll the dial to the left, it turns it on, turns one of them on once. If I scroll it to the left again, it turns it off. If I scroll it to the right, it turns a different one on. And if I scroll it to the right again, it, it turns it off. And if I double tap um, either the button or the, the screen, it just activates a third one. Um, so <clears throat> it's cool. Yeah. But... Um, I would say, l look up a video, uh, just look up Loop Deck Live. Um, they have a couple good clips on YouTube and, um, there's now more like how-to videos, uh, that are coming out on, on YouTube. My complaints are this, is that as a piece of hardware, it's a hundred percent better than the Stream Deck. It's made out of both metal and higher quality plastics. Um, there's haptic feedback in the dials. So like when I'm, I'm, I'm turning it like in a high quality stereo, <laughs> you can actually feel kind of the, the, the notches, like you can physically feel it going up notch by notch, which means that you can really dial in your settings exactly how you want. If it is something granular, um, I love the fact that there is a little screen dedicated to each dial. So like you can get feedback on, you can. You can see what the status of a dial is. Yeah. Um, my complaints are this. The software to set it up is better than Elgato's software. It's more stable. Um, I haven't had a Shots crash five. on me. Shots fired. Um, it <laughs> looks, it's laid out well. The problem is this. The problem is there's lots of little quality of life things that make the Stream Deck better right now. But most of the shortcomings for the Loop Deck Live fall squarely on things that can be solved in software updates later. From a form factor, as a piece of hardware, it's fantastic. Um, it's it's USB-C. It also has a USB adapter for whatever you're plugging it into. But one of the things, too, is that the cable that plugs into the device, unlike the Stream Deck, um, it actually has the USB-C comes out at a 90-degree angle. So rather than a cable that just shoots straight out the back of your peripheral, um, that you then have to manage. This one, you can actually very neatly, if you're into cable management, this is fantastic <laughs> because basically you don't see the cable if you don't want to. It goes in a 90 degree angle. Um, it runs just along the back edge of it. And you can either have it be left or right facing because USB-C is, you know, like omnidirectional. Um, it's also like a better latency than my Stream Deck. So sometimes there'd be a slight delay I'm running a lot of software in the background. Sometimes I'd press the stream deck. We're, we're not talking a big delay, not a full second, but like, you know, half of a second. 
and maybe there's like when you're when you're doing live video you're sometimes like priming your emotional reaction to something and then you're striking a button and you're expecting it's just going to trigger this thing because it's USB-C is like pretty fucking instant um a lot of the pre-programmed stuff in the loop deck uh they do have little suites so like the stream deck does where you basically have like these are pre-programmed um functions that you can drag and drop onto buttons for OBS for um Spotify for you name it loop deck does that too um and the difference is is that a lot of what the stream deck is doing is not actually digging into the API of the of the uh, programs that it's affecting. It's just using shortcut commands. Whereas the uh, loop deck, unless you make a custom command, uh, is actually for all the pre-configured stuff is actually tapping into the, the API. And you also get feedback on the bottom of your screen. So for example, if I scroll my, my volume up, not only do I get feedback on the device itself, but I'm actually getting feedback on my computer monitor that it's not seen. Ah, okay. Um, and you can turn that off, but basically like I can, I can see where it's saying like volume level and I can just see the numbers ticking up as a small little, like less than a lower third kind of pop up yeah. on screen. So that's nice. The problems are it's all little quality of life things that I don't like. For example, all the drag and drop things that are available right now. Um, there's a whole, there's com complete and total support for OBS, for Streamlabs, um, for Spotify. But like, if I use any of the pre-configured tools um, and drag and drop them for like my scenes and stuff, unlike Stream Deck right now, I can't make custom icons. You can make custom actions, um, but that- So multi-action is still, still a thing. Multi-action multi, multi -action is still, you can definitely do multi-actions and you can even add in delays and all that stuff. Okay. Like this thing can get as deep as you want it to be. But my criticism is there's just um, window dressing bits right. that I wish could be a little different. So for example, if I go to my scenes, I have all my scenes set up, uh, I can hit live and it'll give me a visual indicator that it's live um, and it turns from red to green. But unlike the Stream Deck, I can't add my own custom icon. I could, but then I'd have to make it a custom action, and that just requires more setup on the back end for me. They have said in the future that they are going to have um, like editing for sort of the on-off states of things. Um, right now, for some custom actions, there is not the option to do an on-off state. You can add custom icons for the loop deck for custom actions that you create, but there's not like Stream Deck where you can have, let's say you want to have like a bright red color uh, or animated GIF for when you're recording and when it, the the action is active and you want to have like a static, dull, cool blue color for that same icon when you're not recording. You can't do that right now. Basically, you give it a single icon and that's it. Um, that's little things like that were kind of a huge letdown, but also um, there's a lot to like about this. I'd also say I compared it in our, our uh, podcast chat to kind of like OBS versus Streamlabs or, um, you know, like if you if you have like a, a beginner low end version of the software and then you have the, the higher end advanced version, this definitely feels like the, the more advanced um, tool for streamers right now, but it also has a lot more um, overhead in terms of like the learning curve is a lot steeper. Yeah. And it took me a little while to to come to grow <clears throat> to like some of the things that it does. One of it is it contextually switches based on what application you're focused on. 
At first, I did not like it. So what that meant was you could deck out, normally you have your stream deck set up, right? And you have your like your top layer of buttons and then however many folders you build in. And it's always static. You just have to remember where you are in those tiers mentally and navigate your way through it based on just muscle memory and experience um, and how you've set it up to your personal liking. This thing, you can still customize it the way you want, but here's something that's a little crazy. There's a there's basically workspaces. So there's a Windows workspace where if I'm not focused on any one application and I'm just using the desktop or clicking on files, you know, in like um, the Windows Explorer, um, everything that I see on the screen on the loop deck is based on like how I've set it up for Windows. The moment I click on my web browser, I can have a different set of things automatically appear. Oh, like a profile? Cl- yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they call them workspaces, but it's 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 like a profile that loads based on what application you're in. Yes. Okay. Yes. Separate prof- profiles that load instantaneously the moment you click on another application, and it's like when I say instantaneously, like if I'm on my browser now and I click off of it and go to Windows, there was like maybe a 500 millisecond delay, like it, which is to say there's not really a delay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and all of your icons change, all of your dials change, every you can basically have independent settings per application. And that means that you've got six individual dials, both the up and down, you can program separately. The, the button for those dials, you can program separately. You've got, uh, what is it, uh, four, eight, uh, nine, 10, 11, 12. You've got 12 uh, keypad buttons in the middle there um, that are pages of touchpads that you can scroll through or you can make folders. And then there's also seven buttons at the bottom per workspace. So like you can actually set up workspaces within workspaces. So I mentioned there's these buttons at the bottom and they're literally numbered one through seven and they'll glow like their appropriate number or not, depending on whether or not you've programmed stuff into them. But for example, like when I'm streaming, if I click on Streamlabs right now, it would basically, the whole thing is gonna contextually shift to a completely different um, set of UI that I've pre-set up. And then like my first one is all like my first sub workspace, um, the button at the bottom, if I tap it, it brings up all my scenes. If I tap the second one, it brings up like all of my like chat commands. If I tap the third one, it brings up um, like all of my studio functions. So like um, like Streamlabs has like the, the studio transition thing or like you tap it and like you can edit stuff live without actually having it show on stream. And then you can hit the transition button and make it happen. Um, it, it's kind of crazy how deep you can go. All of my complaints right now are mostly small user experience stuff as it pertains to either setting up the software or just really like the aesthetics of being able to really, really customize the graphical nature of all this yeah but as a device i'm sold i'm not gonna say that people should go do not do not get rid of your stream deck in terms of like either new streamer or even for me because i currently have a six button uh stream deck because it was it was refurbished on amazon so it was like 40 bucks so i saved hella money so i got i have a six button (laughs) i'd like to have something more what would you advise would you advise the loop deck for me or new streamers over getting, say, the 15-button um, Elgato Stream Deck? Um, to put this in perspective, the Loop Deck Live, 
uh, which is and and the only thing that I'm reviewing right now is the Loop Deck Live. So even though I keep calling it the Loop Deck, there are um, there's the Loop Deck CT. There's a, right, co- right, a couple right. other Loop Deck peripherals. <clears throat> the Loop Deck Live has parity with the 30 button stream deck for price range. It's not cheap. It was 269 uh, US. I think it's like 249, like EU or UK. I, I can't remember. But basically, you're you're looking over 200 dollars. Yeah. Um, for the Loop Deck. Loop deck live, yeah, and and the the thirty button um, stream deck I think is like two around two hundred. So this is like maybe in the ballpark of like forty to sixty dollars more. Um, some people, what I would say is this: I don't think that the six button stream deck is probably worth anyone's time. Oh, it's really um, not. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I'm not saying that's digging you. Yeah, I know you know. I got it because it was refurbished. That's that's. It's it better than nothing, though. Like it's it's true. better than yeah. nothing for for someone who is new to streaming that would like to have the functionality of a dedicated peripheral that allows them to create custom macros and shortcuts that they can help them expedite, um, you know, their workflow while live uh, or even while they're not live and just program it for other stuff. If you're a content creator, you can set it up to do all sorts of hotkeys. I would say I that's this, the key thing too, like content creation. Not just yeah. if you're just streaming and that's really your focus, which it really shouldn't be. We've talked about this before. But if you're just streaming, Stream Deck seems probably a cheaper option. But Loop Deck is really focused in on customization for individual applications. So if you're editing videos, you have custom. Um, yeah. You have you have all that. You you have a big. Com- you basically have a really good command center too. They that they have complete and total support for yeah. the entire Adobe suite. Like every that's- single Adobe product has pre-programmed stuff in there. So like if you use Photoshop or Illustrator or After Effects or what have you, and you click onto those programs, Loop Deck already has um, complete support for those because that's where they started to begin with. Um, So like if you were to go into Photoshop, you would have all of your tools like at the press of a button, you could, you know, um, you know, like if you want to adjust the the levels, um, you know, for your your color grading, and you can just tap a button and then just start like moving a dial and it's going to like start, you know, making changes um, the stream deck. Isn't going to give you that kind of functionality. No. If you're just streaming, <laughs> get a stream deck. If you I would say the, the, the 15 button stream deck is probably the best introduction for anyone looking to get a dedicated peripheral period. Mm-hmm. Um, it's user-friendly. Uh, the, the software, is drag and drop. Um, it's pretty straightforward. There's a few things I wish it could do differently, but I would say for the money and for the um, convenience, just just for the amount of time you have to invest in terms of how much you get back out of it, um, I would say the Stream Deck is very, very, very approachable, and that would be my my bet. I'd say anyone who's been streaming a long time and really and or has a very complicated stream and wants to be controlling a lot of features if you have a lot of overlays that you you wish to be able to control and toggle on the fly um i think it's fucking fantastic like i did set up um a couple of my overlays where again at, at the the turn of a dial uh, i can have it cycle on or off and i have it like do an automatic refresh of the browser source um just through a dial without actually having to go into menus um loop deck is just more advanced but it's not inherently better the functionality of what a stream deck does is no different than what the loop deck does the difference of the loop deck is i think it's a better build quality for the hardware i think that 
because it's not just buttons, um, because there are buttons, touch screens, profiles, profiles is, is profile is profiles is huge. And having profiles that are also works. It's it's like having you can build profiles and you can build workspaces within those profiles. So like and the fact that it switches contextually at first, I, I didn't like it, but my resistance to it, I think, was because I only knew the stream deck. Yeah. I only knew like I had complete control over mm. what page I was on because it didn't move until I told it to. And then when I, at first I thought, well, well, this sucks. Like now when I click on this thing, it's changing. And when I click on that, it's changing. But then I realized, wait a minute, I can add a Spotify page to the workspace for, um, for my, uh, uh, Streamlabs if I want. So when I'm on my streaming page, I can still access all of Spotify right there. In fact, if I don't want it to be overly intrusive, I have Spotify appear as a dial. So I have. Two, there's two dials. I have one dial for Spotify for the volume and one dial for um, for on a press. It, it's play pause and uh, on left turn, it's previous track and on right turn, it's next track. And I just added that to every single, I, I just added it everywhere. So like anytime that I want, I have a dial where I can do my system audio, my Spotify audio and my um, Spotify playlist. Doesn't matter what workspace I'm in and it doesn't actually take up a button key. It's literally just a that's little good. slice of LED that's just giving me feedback next to each dial. And I just have those set up across all workspaces. So like no matter where I am. And I also on the right side, I have a dial that's set to my my normalize for um, Spotify. Whenever I stream, I always have it set to an exact volume. Hmm. So if I'm like listening uh, and I want it to go back to like 80%, which is always what I have it at. I just tap that button and it's automatically at 80%. Um, it's, there's just, it's just more, it's, it's just, a, it's think like stream deck, but it just has layers and the functionality of it is a lot more robust, but it also means that the setup is going to take longer yeah. um, to get it tailored to just the way you want. There's so much to change and there's so much to customize that I spent hours doing this. Whereas if you just wanted to get all your scenes loaded into a stream deck and be off and running, you could do it within an hour and you'd right. be fine. And if you then wanted to customize your buttons and like add custom animations and all that stuff, you could do that too. But like it's, I give it like a solid A. It's not, you know, like I, I don't give this perfect marks. Like it's a four out of five for me. Um, and what would make it a five out of five is if they improve, continue to improve the software, which there's no reason why um, updates to the software uh, can't happen to then allow for the functionality of like. Um, so that really depends on toggle states. So like, because my kind of big takeaway from this is, a there's been nothing to combat Elgato in a lot of areas in terms of streaming. They yeah. kind of run the show. GoXLR yeah. was like the first one to kind of be like, even come on the scene and be like, hey, beat us. And no one has yet in terms of like just ease of audio. I mean, obviously you can get some really nice stuff. And if you know your stuff, you can, but anyway, GoXLR yeah. is really just a plug and play <laughs> audio. Good to go. Same thing with the stream deck you have, and no one has come out to beat Elgato in almost anything. So that's what I like to hear about loop, uh, the loop deck. I like that they weren't even necessarily there initially to be a streamer device. No. But the software, because the hardware is set, and if you have, the, my question is, do you think they're planning on to actually get in on the space enough to where they would put the effort 
um, into um, updating the software to actually make it, because right now it seems viable. If you want that route, it, it'll work. It'll do what you need to do. There might be some you know, hiccups here and there. Um, so you think that the company itself is like, yeah, we can probably push in on this Elgato market. I think so, because the thing is the changes that I want again are just quality of life changes they are not um the i honestly at this point don't think i'm not dissatisfied with the functionality of the device the device as it stands with the pre-programmed um suites of software that are supported and the fact that you can really customize and drill down layer upon layer in terms of like how specific you want um like commands to be the fact that you can program in delays but you know to the millisecond you know so you can have it execute multifunction stuff um the way that it does i'm satisfied with its functionality to a t i give it top marks my complaints are still just cosmetic shit yeah and really like small ui stuff and none of that i don't see the physical hardware that i have in front of me um, affecting their ability to make those improvements. And I will say this, they just shipped these on the 29th of September. I got mine on the 1st of October. Um, yeah, you got a quick. And yeah, I got a quick. Uh, they, so they have distribution in the US and the EU as well. Um, for mine, it came from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, but I got it quick. It came well packaged. I was very satisfied with how it arrived. Nothing damaged, nothing broken. Um, everything was satisfactory in that regard. Um, but I'll tell you this, while I was setting it up that first night, they pushed a firmware update live while I was like in the software and it immediately notified me. Like it it, it paused what I was doing, but it's like, it just brought to my attention, there's a new firmware update. They pushed a firmware update within like two days of this going to launch and I've already updated patch. it. <laughs> But like it wasn't, it didn't, but then even within like, I didn't have to restart the computer, the device, like it was just, it was good to go. And then um, I haven't, I didn't notice anything before not working right. Um, but I also didn't notice it like working really any differently afterwards, which to me is actually a good thing. Like it, it arrived fine. They patched it immediately and they just made some backend changes. And it tells me that they're definitely concerned with like staying up to date on it. Um, so because I looked online to see if there was like, there are patch notes, but I mean, it's just like, they're like fixing minor stuff. Yeah. Um, but I looked to see if there was like people complaining, like that there had been something wrong that they had to respond to. There wasn't, they just pushed a patch. Um, that's cool. Like, and the fact that they were able to do it so quickly is fucking awesome. And they have said that they've committed to doing custom icon um, tailoring in the future. Okay. Um, so again, if they do that, then that'll make me happy. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a best case scenario for it to be kind of for your complaints to be software based. Cause like you say, that's the easiest thing to address, uh, in the future. So yeah. Hope it, uh, you know, keep us updated on that. Maybe only one question. knock against we're, we're... the hardware, one knock against the hardware. So the stream deck, you know, has like a little easel thing where you can like almost like a beach chair. You can adjust like the, the angle of it by like how steeply it, it faces you. This doesn't have that. This, it'll either lay flat or it does have a little stand that clips on, but it holds it at a fixed angle that you can't change. I mean, if you had a 3D printer or if you had like the means to like, you know, uh, customize a thing to like make it the right angle that you want. But like, like I know, yeah, I, it's just, that's not post great. Post it, Post-its. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's less than ideal. Um, 
but th that is one nice thing with the stream deck is that you can like either have it on the little feet that prop that, bars. that prop it up on just a really shallow <laughs> angle or you can like make it really steep so it's practically facing you yeah this doesn't do that that's an oversight corn, but the hallway. um but the bottoms of the feet are like this um like uh micro rubber like it's all high quality stuff like it just it I'm very happy with the build, minus the stand. <laughs> right, it's actually well, a good angle for me. <laughs> we should talk about some of the Twitch updates that are yeah. coming out this week because we got a few things to go through. So I'm going to read the the first tweet, uh, and then we will give our thoughts on it and, and go through it. So, uh, Twitch tweeted out on uh, September 30th, introducing soundtrack by Twitch, which is in beta, a rights cleared music tool designed specifically for Twitch creators. Stream worry-free with our highly curated music library rolling out starting today and then a link to join the beta. Um, there's also then a link for musicians, labels, or publishers to get their music into soundtrack. So this is Twitch's answer to the DMCA claim issue that started to happen and was starting to pop up all over the site. Uh, they are introducing their own library of, uh, you know, to quote them, rights cleared music meaning that they own the rights so it won't be you won't be dmca claimed by someone else uh and you know this is designed specifically for streamers uh now this comes not long after facebook announced for facebook gaming that they were licensing a bunch of music to be used on facebook gaming streams which was obviously a huge move by facebook uh, entitling people to actually listen to you know potentially some actual chart music that facebook just have the rights to to use um this is not quite the same thing uh but it is it is something uh it's free for streamers to use uh as far as i'm aware anyway uh and it will let you listen to music on your stream that is safe uh now does anyone i don't know how familiar you guys are with this do you have any thoughts on this or the other side of this which maybe isn't so good well i will say to start this off i said this exact thing what <laughs> one or two podcasts ago yeah i said this is what twitch is now they did i don't know the inner workings of where they're getting this music from i thought they'd make it more of a known thing like amazon music but that doesn't seem to be the case i don't know if they're still pulling they're using music from things they might already have owned from Amazon. That might be a thing. I'm not sure. But they're not marketing it as Amazon Music on Twitch. They're marketing yeah. it completely different. So, But, um, I mean, it seems like a cool idea. You're like, fine, I can listen to some decent music. Like, on the surface, it seems great. I have heard nothing but bad things, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, when, when it first came out, I was excited to see all the things that they had access to. Like, they had Nuclear Blast Records, which is where a lot of, like, metal bands release their things through and it's like oh maybe there'd be, be some cool stuff on there but yeah then everything on twitter started rolling through <laughs> yeah so to kind of run through it so i think the first uh major complaint i saw was that so effectively what this is is twitch has gone to a bunch of uh, artists labels publishers whatever and acquired the rights to this music now i don't know whether that's been a financial like they've bought the rights or they've just convinced people to give them the rights but i've been seeing a lot of things saying that the creators of this music are not earning any revenue based on streams right so you would think like so even right now if you're to go on spotify and stream that music on your stream at least that is a stream which 
in theory somebody's making a very tiny amount of money on right 0.0001 yeah something like that yeah <laughs> so what i've been seeing and i don't know the, the the specifics of it but i've been seeing people saying that basically these artists are just being paid in exposure right which is the age-old thing with uh like graphic designers and stuff like that you know who made um, that did you guys see that please tell me you saw that that tweet do you know what tweet i'm talking about i think it was so. like this it was like a cartoon uh oh, yes. like a comic strip. i can't remember oh, what that God. guy's <laughs> name is that so makes funny. those comics yeah <laughs> the one with the really fat stick characters right the oatmeal yeah it was so yeah. funny <laughs> oh thanks yeah here you go well what's my pay <laughs> you get paid in exposure <laughs> oh great and he takes this bills of exposure to the store or whatever and he's like yeah. do you accept these fuck no <laughs> um but that's that's kind of what i've seen so far and i've seen a few people kind of say uh, the same thing i don't know the the actual logistics of it i don't know if there was a deal uh, you know ahead of times with you know where they maybe were paid up front or or something i don't know how that how that's working um so as uh, i just want to point out that as kevin os and chat osx and chat pointed out um the article that we were referencing there was written by pretzel yeah which is a, which is a competitor yeah now now <laughs> i do think that the article was on point but i do think it's important to point out that although it was published through medium uh pretzel basically issued uh, the memo tearing down, you know, this, this new thing, um, part of really the crux of the article for anyone who didn't read it was that, um, it breaks down the fact that for this kind of, um, online licensing and online use, there's basically four different kinds of licensing that needs to take place. Um, there's public performance, there's, um, a mechanical licensing, there's synchronization, synchronization licensing, uh, and then there's the sound sound recording license itself. Uh, they're they're doing ex ex gratis licenses, so this is the exposure licenses uh, from the record labels. Um, they're not doing a mechanicals because they're um, like the, you you don't actually have like you can't search for it basically. Like or it's it's non interactive, I guess. Uh, it's effectively internet radio. Uh, and they're also doing, they're not paying for synchronization licensing, which means that none of this is actually going to be embedded in your um, uh, VOD. It's not going to be embedded in your stream it's after separate, the fact. Separate audio and separate track, right? Yeah. So, they, so they are paying the public performance license. So the the record companies, the, the labels are getting paid. The license for the soundtrack is gratis so it's up to the um performer the musician the band in this case to decide if they're opting in and then in terms of the other stuff they're not doing mechanicals or synchronization and the reason so what this basically means is that um you as the streamer aren't going to be listening to it this is not for you to listen to while you play this is basically an internet radio that plays and you have some control over what genre it's set to, what have you. But you're not con you're not searching for a track. You're not like taking requests from viewers. Or making a playlist um, viewers, or anything. Yes, you're not doing any of that. It's internet radio, basically. You choose your station, and um, the I, I believe that the user will have control over some of the volume. Um, but effectively, this is just a thing that's going to play alongside your stream. And that's it. 
um, and and you, I, it seems like the input is going to be pretty pretty minimal um, on your end, um, and then the user will have like I guess some some interactivity, but um, this it won't be saved in your vods, so that's a good thing. But also you won't hear it. That's kind of a weird thing. Um, yeah, so it almost like, seems like that's how they're getting around it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. because they're not, it's not in the vod. Play whatever the fuck it you want it to be. You it's, know what I mean? Like it just doesn't. It seems weird. Well, the reasoning apparently is it's not licensed for any uh, content that can be streamed on demand for vods, clips, yeah. or YouTube. So they're not they're not paying the synchronization license. Their license is only for that live content and and yeah if you tried to use any of that music outside of twitch or even in your vods or highlights or anything then you're not licensed and you could get a dmca so it's very specific i don't yeah, like you it. can't you can't yeah. mix it into your content with not um, being i don't like it because based on principle man no. they're just like trying to <laughs> they're trying to address a symptom of the major issue fix the fucking dmca law it's so garbage. Copyright law is like this I've created. Condi takes what I have created and now he is specifically using what I have created to make money. Copyright strike his ass. That's not how any of this shit ever works. When we're listening to music or people are streaming or whatever, it is literally just background music. That's all it is. It's just stuff in the background to fill in dead space in between load times, conversations, whatever. That's all it is. Or if you just like listening to music, no one's going to be like, oh man, I'm donating this guy 12 bucks because he played my favorite Breaking Benjamin album. Like no one's <laughs> fucking doing that shit. Yeah. It drives me so fucking up the wall. I get so mad, so mad at this shit. And that, that's what I think these things are coming around because like, like this specifically this Twitch thing, it's just like addressing a symptom of the issue. Like, oh, you, we have, we'll pay for a, a cheaper license to have it playing in the background. You can't hear it, which you may want to, but you can't. And it's not going to be on your VODs, which really gets us out of the ballpark of not having a video content with other people's content in there. You know what I mean? I don't know. It pisses me off. I don't here's, like it. Here's a fun, here's a fun uh, situation that I could see happening too, Humps, which I know will just irritate you to no end, is somebody's like, hey, man, that song's a real banger. What is it? And you're like, I don't, I don't fucking know. know. <laughs> <laughs> There's music playing. <laughs> the um, so the interesting thing again, a comment in chat, you know, uh, brought up the fact that you know people, uh, th there's kind of an overwhelming thought of uh, you know. I wish there was a license I could buy to support the artists, but there's not, so I'm just gonna keep playing the music and delete my vods, which I know I know people are doing. They're still just playing any music they want and they're deleting their vods. The important thing to remember is. You can be striked while you are live. Live. I we've known people that it's happened to. I've seen people happen to on Twitter. Yeah, it seems to be less common because obviously it's a bit more difficult to catch, but it's coming and it is gonna start happening. And the people that are trying to get around this by just deleting VODs, they're gonna get hit soon. It's gonna happen. Um and yeah, yeah it's, don't it's, don't do really care about your channel, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. For like, sure. There's no reason to take the risk. And it's really yeah. easy to say, oh, well, I'm a small channel. It's not going to happen. It's not true. It's, yeah, exactly. They have a ball because all the small channels. <laughs> all, that, all that needs to take place is they just need the software and the algorithm needs to get better. But once it does, which AI doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. AI, AI doesn't discriminate. It's going to just scan, you know, like movies. very rigidly across that. the whole platform. <laughs> yeah 
it's uh, it's and to be clear, so the whole the whole DMCA issue and getting struck with copyrights and the fact that like all of this is a concern and a headache for everybody involved, that's not Twitch's fault. Now Twitch's approach to handling this in terms of rolling out their own um, remedy that can be criticized and is at fault. But again, I do think that it's important to like hold the right parties accountable. So like. You know, the fact that there's a piece of legislation that's 20 years old um, uh, that was signed into American law is now fucking things up on an international level uh, for content creators on a whole range of platforms. Um, that's a problem specific to the Dig Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Um, so that's, you're right. I do think that needs to get revised. It's out of date. It's out of touch. And it doesn't reflect the way the internet works and the way that content creation works now um into going into the latter half of the 21st century it, it's 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 antiquated and it's fucked um but getting dmca'd while live or getting dmca'd after the fact or the fact that people are deleting their vods and feel like they're just saying fuck it i'll i'll do that just so i don't get in trouble that's them taking the piss out of the dmca act it's not Twitch's fault. YouTube would do the same to you. Facebook would do the same to you. Yep. The difference here is that Facebook actually listened more closely to their content creators and Facebook actually licensed the material so that like, for example, it's more akin to something like, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Who, who did the uh, uh, T-Pain? Like T-Pain is not charging for his shit, but let's say that he was. Let's say that like Twitch licensed his stuff. This would be the equivalent of like you being able to take someone's body of music that's been licensed for you to use to mix into your audio so that you could use your player, your, you know, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, you know, VLC, you know, whatever you're using to listen to music on your system. You're using that. You're listening to it. The chat hears it. You hear it. It's on the stream. It's in your video. And when it's done, it's on the VOD and your VOD won't be affected and it won't be touched. That's what Facebook basically did. They said, okay, we're going to build a catalog of music that we will license that you're allowed to use. But here's one of the things that really pisses me off about like the soundtrack thing that Twitch is rolling out, which is if you can't hear it and you can't control it, how the fuck do you mix your audio levels? Yeah. Okay. For anyone who's serious about like content creation, that you want to balance your levels both for the game, for your yep. Discord, for your own microphone, for your music, um, so that also when you talk, one gets ducked under the other. So then when you stop talking, it comes back up into the mix. Like for anyone who is taking any of this seriously, you need to be able to have control over your audio mix. This doesn't do that. This is the equivalent of people already complaining about advertisements that come in either pre-roll or mid-roll where they're not the audio is not normalized with whatever the setting is for the stream so you have like a stream that maybe goes to an ad break then the ad break is crazy loud and then it goes back to a quiet stream yeah i mean part of that is the person might be under mixing their stream and like their audio is like too too low but again if you can't hear the music to begin with where do you even start like how do you even know whether or not you're audible over the people that are watching that are listening to breaking benjamin or whatever it is you know what i mean like yeah we've all watched streams I mean, where the music's super loud and you can't hear the mic you know the person talking um yeah. you know it's it's not uh not the best viewing experience and if not and being if, able it, to it, hear the music like yeah. i don't know how many times i've been live and i've been listening to music and i go oh i don't want to listen to this this doesn't really fit the vibe of the stream you're not gonna fucking know right yeah. <laughs> true 
So it's it's Garbage. an interesting thing. I, I I immediately when I saw the tweet, uh, I went and signed up for the beta. Uh, without mm -hmm. really doing any research because i was like ah why not like might as well see what happens uh and i did get the email to say like oh you can download this and start using it i, I haven't because uh obviously after signing up i did go back and uh and uh read up on it a little bit um but looking at the comments on the tweet most people are super excited about it um there is a couple comments asking you know like how are the artists being paid blah 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 things like that so um clearly it is a bit of a divisive move by twitch it's something i just don't think they've hit the nail quite on the head with this one um, i think this might be a good time to recommend some music streaming things that you can use on stream and not get dmca'd <laughs> yeah. yeah like i know some of you guys use pretzel right i use pretzel uh i have the the whatever the premium thing is so uh, I use Pretzel for everything, for all my sound clips and, and all that. And I know some people, you know, it's not for everyone, but there is so much music on there that I've built up a playlist of like six hours worth of music that I, I personally think is fine and really good for the stream. So, um, but I know there's others. Monster Cat, I think, has one. Um, and this is relatively cheap. I mean, again, if you're serious about your And it's still a license. I, yeah, we should point out for a number of these things. Some Some of them can be used free. Some of them... Like, your license for Pretzel allows you to put this into your YouTube videos, right, Condi? Yes, as far as I'm aware, yeah. I, that that By paying the premium, you're then licensed to use it in, in other content. Uh, I know, like, Harris Heller's Stream Beats, you know, he says use it in your, your YouTube content or whatever, and, and, you know, he won't claim and it. And so if you already have Spotify for Harris Heller, that's free because you can just play that playlist. And yes, I mean, there's other options. Vetted. Absolutely. But here's the thing, for Monster Cat... Sound and it's pretty good so far. I, I also, I learned... I didn't learn the hard way, but I, I did learn out uh, learn that like Monster Cat is a great tool. But here's the thing: Monster Cat is not free. It's on Spotify. Just because it's on Spotify doesn't mean that you can play their stuff without getting DMCA'd. You still actually have to pay for a license. Mm -hmm. So Pretzel. So just the reason why I wanted to point that out is Pretzel. If you use Pretzel now and don't pay for the premium, you can use it in your stream. There's just limitations to what you can do. Like, obviously, you can't use it in your YouTube video. You can't use it in other promotional content because you didn't pay for the license to do that. But Monster Cat, like Stream Beats, is also on Spotify. Monster Cat has a massive catalog of uh, electronic and EDM stuff. Yeah, and if you <laughs> play that, just know that you do need a license for it because if you just play it on stream and assume, oh, well, I heard Monster Cat was fine. Like, they're one of those. They're like Pretzel, right? Yes, but no. Um it's not stream beats it's not just you know a person or a group saying like we're, we're not gonna like hit you with a claim um they can hit you with a claim and they're within their right to do that because that's that's the deal they've made um so yeah i know the the bubbles in the chat is asking about non-copyright sounds I, i'm not familiar with them i've not used them uh i mean I you can you can has... like spotify you can type in ncs and get a playlist that's non-copyright stuff it's basically stream beats it's all lo-fi stuff which i mean if that's your shtick that's your stick you it's great go use stream beats it's got just, a plethora of lo-fi chill hanging out that's that's all good just but play if you old music actually that's like everybody's dead that made it so it doesn't matter anymore. yeah like a man <laughs> using a mandolin and shit yeah <laughs> i'd be down the amazing amazing the the song. <laughs> but it's still it's still down to the performer and the and the music label that owns it so for example you could play something from like say the 1930s but if columbia records which is still around 
you know, has that as part of their back catalog, you could still be DMCA'd even though the individual is dead. Oh, I mean, there's there's a specific branch of music that the copyrights are completely null yeah. and void now. Like, yeah. Uh, God, what what is that? Green Beethoven. sleeves. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. But, you but can see, see here's that infinitely. But but here's but here's the thing though, Kibbles, is that it's not necessarily about whether it's a song like Amazing Grace or Green Sleeves. It's not about the song being copyright, the performance. So if you have a new oh, no, performance, I'm saying that there, there yeah. is an yeah yeah the yeah. original is what I'm talking about. If you do that, it's not copyrightable, not DMCAable. There's a whole it falls under a whole subsection. I can't remember what it's called. I would just say some of that stuff can get a little nebulous because you you'd have to be very careful about how far back you go and who it's from because you could find an old recording, but like how do you discern what the original is of Amazing Grace? Do you know what I mean? And at some point you may still run across someone who has a stake and um, in the license for a particular performance of that song. Um, sometimes far... public domain is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, end of the day, uh, I kind of I'm interested in it. I want to see if Twitch, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If they like iterate on this, improve it. Um, you know, we all know Twitch doesn't quite get things right first time. I mean, look what they did with watch parties. They launched watch parties. People gave their feedback and they improved it. So uh, this would be nice to to see a feature. And I mean, I think. It you can't really say that this was a reaction to the Facebook gaming thing. Clearly, this has been in the works for a while. Um, so maybe just since be nice seeing... if they could have a little foresight first instead of relying yes. so heavily on feedback instead of going like, hey, people will probably hate this. Yeah, maybe right? we should tweak it before we put it out. It's like the watch party left such a nasty taste in my mouth with how bad they fucked that up. That's like, I don't really know if I want to go back to it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, I, I personally, I'm not going to be using this feature, but um you know i would maybe like to try and check out some streams that are using it to get a better understanding of it but we shall see uh they had a couple other little things which i want to quickly hit as well uh one that i think is overall a good thing we can't really complain about too much is uh they added a little bit more control to channel points rewards i hate it <laughs> so uh again if you're unsure so channels can have um channel points now you can set custom rewards for x amount of channel points uh which can be something like hydrate or uh maybe some uh, overlays on your stream or something uh that people can unlock by watching your channel and earning points uh now one of the issues i always had with it was there was no way of setting a cooldown so if somebody maybe just saved up tons of points they could just redeem the same thing multiple times in a row um and make you like down a whole glass of water whatever with a hydrate command um there you could set previously a limit per stream so you could maybe say well i only want to do this five times per stream maximum and then it's sold out they can now have a cooldown so uh, again looking at the tweet here uh they said we're adding new ways to control the pace your viewers can redeem channel point rewards you can now set cooldown periods and redemption limits per user and or stream um which is interesting so again you can have a cooldown time which you can set in minutes up to seven days <laughs> which is interesting you can have a cooldown of a week on something uh and again you can have it as like one per user so the same person i will only twerk repeat. once a week yeah right <laughs> once a week is my twerking limit <laughs> um but again you can still have the limit per stream which is fine uh and you can have the, you can actually set a limit per user 
as well. So if somebody redeems it and tries to get Grog to twerk, <laughs> that same person couldn't do it again. Dude, I'm I'm pushing forty in a couple years. Like <laughs> I, I'm I'm worried about breaking something at this point. Yeah, that's um, even more exciting. That's why I will redeem this. <laughs> yeah. So I think <laughs> I think literally it's uh it's not a bad thing they're just adding more control more control on the streamer is always a good thing um as we've kind of said and personally i need to get on this so that i don't have um you know 10 20 dabs in a row back to back um so yeah cool thing there uh now the the big one which has come out recently Actually, I, I know Grog was talking about this a little more. Maybe you'd be best to explain this because I, I know the, uh, the the basics of it, but I don't know if you want to explain it. I mean, it's 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 pretty brief. Um, basically, for whatever reason, because uh, as far as I know, I didn't see, you know, like on your creator dashboard, you get notifications of like upcoming features that are going to roll out. Um, there wasn't any advance notice of this, but apparently Twitch did confirm uh, via a message that was sent back to someone who had levied a complaint at them that if you raid with five or less people as part of your raid, so you're running a stream, you raid another channel, and you're doing it with five or less, um, that the API will not necessarily call out your raid uh, in chat. So when it says, you know, uh, Condifly is raiding Sir Humps with, you know, like 15 viewers, or Kibbles is raiding, you know, Grog with like, you know, four viewers. If that happened, I wouldn't see the notification. People might come in and say, you know, oh, what's up, Kibbles raid, or like, uh, you know, oh, Condi raid. But like the actual notification doesn't go through. So Bubbles is saying he thinks, is it five or less or he thought it was 10? Uh, I'm trying to recall now. I know that it was definitely, if it's definitely five or less, you will not be notified. I believe it's um, less than 10 from what I remember less reading. Less than 10. But I could be wrong on that as well. I, th I think it was less than 10. And, and, and if it's less than 10, even worse? That's a huge, a way, huge portion of streamers. Yeah, because if you think about yeah. it, most people who are trying to grow, um, let's forget hitting affiliate. Affiliate will just happen. Anyone that, that pushes hard enough will get to affiliate. Some might get there faster or slower, but affiliate's a thing that people will just kind of like be able to achieve. The hardest thing that everyone would recognize is getting concurrent views. Concurrent views is the thing that is going to hold a million people back from getting, you know, partner. And it just takes time. And you could have been streaming for a year. You could have been streaming for 10 years. Whatever it may be, concurrent viewers is going to be the thing to grow the slowest. And that is basically your average over the course of a stream. So unless you, let's say you pull on average, if you go to your dashboard and it says, you know, your, your average view count is 9.78. Uh, but like, let's say that on the, you know, on every other stream you maybe get a raid from somebody else who drops you 20 viewers so you're going and raiding somebody else with like 20 25 but whenever you do those raids and you're carrying on raids from someone else you're carrying the momentum forward you'll get called out but if you were just to organically do your own stream and raid somebody with nine viewers you're not going to get like thanked or notified for it like that's pretty shitty and 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 most people are going to fall into kind of like around 10 as their average or like 15 maybe maybe 20 as their average but like a lot of people the overwhelming majority of people are going to be a 10 or less and, and for so streamers, though, yeah and for streamers that are going like hundreds or thousands of viewers it makes sense to have something like that but you can set it up yourself did anybody even ask for 
Yeah. Yeah. Like can, I can understand that's, that's like, easy. oh, if it's, if it's <laughs> under this, I don't want that to show up because it's going to be like one raid, one raid, one raid, one raid, one raid, because, you know, like people with one or two viewers are going to try and raid these really big channels and that would get fucking obnoxious. But to just blanket the entire site <laughs> without yeah, telling it anyone, it, it doesn't. I don't see how this came up. Like, hey, this yeah. is a this is an issue that streamers have been having. I don't think any streamer has been having that because, like, like you said, like we, I think we all use some either fully stream uh, integrated stream elements or some sort of form of stream elements. I think Grog, maybe you're more stream labs, right? Yeah. Um, but stream elements. I mean, I'm sure stream labs is the same. Stream elements. You can pick. You yeah. can change. Yeah what gets what gets shown on your alert you can set that limit for like i don't want to be alerted if it was a raid tenant you can do that already like that's an option yeah. for you to do the fact that twitch is like i i just don't understand where like some of the cha changes twitch makes like we've talked about them before I, I don't know i don't know where they're coming from like i don't know who's like hitting their inbox like i'm I such a huge streamer i really hate these 10 10 or less raids that i get on the day-to-day -day. Exactly. Like, i don't understand it I think I think it is. I think it's definitely as as you and Kibbles pointed out. I think it's it. This is self-serving only to those people who are regularly hosting a thousand or more viewers on their channel on a daily basis, and they don't. You know, there's a lot of people who are trying to get into streaming that maybe go about it the wrong way. People drop into your stream. Hey, you want to do follow for follow, or hey, you want to do this? You know, or like, you know, they they just or you know they do all of the things that are maybe uncouth that like you you have to learn the hard way at first are the wrong ways to do it. Um, and one of the things that people might do is say, oh, you know, I'm just starting streaming. I'm finishing a stream and I've got four people and it's the most I've ever had. I'm going to go raid, you know, Shroud. You know what I mean? Like they're going to, they're I'm going to go raid like someone huge. And you do that and it's like, those people aren't going to notice you or give you the time of day, but also like they weren't going to do that to begin with. So yeah. <laughs> who, who like, but if they get annoyed that there's, if they're getting constantly like raided by small people who very um, blindly are hoping that it gets them attention, you know, and if they, if these big streamers find that annoying, then yeah, let it be a threshold that they set for themselves, whether or not it shows up on their stream. Like, I mean, even if it's like, I mean, what is, what I, I still don't even understand like the point of it. Like, so you're, you're, you're minimizing, like, even if you are a big, big streamer, I don't think you're getting constantly bombarded by less, you know, small raids. Like people, because I think most people are like, shit, I only have seven people. I'm not going to go raid Shroud with 50,000 people watching him. Or even if they do, like, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? It's just one alert saying so-and-so raided you. That's it. That's all that happens. The more intrusive is maybe like if you're smaller, you get raided by bigger someone's. You have the one alert saying so and so rated you, and then you have follow, 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 follow. That's like the alert, 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 alert. You know, so like I don't know, I don't know, because even if you did, I don't know, I just don't get it. I don't know. It's just dumb. It's dumb. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where it came from, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's another one of those things, or maybe Twitch should have thought about it a little more. Well, I mean, the like, fact is, like, they, let's they do a simulation spent, of what they, kind they of backlash spent money could we get? figuring this out. They spent money implementing, it. like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, I mean, it may not have been direct, like buying something, but you know, they had, you know, man hours spent or person hours spent on developing this and implementing this. So they spent money to do this. When, like, I don't see any, I haven't seen anything about someone like, 
yeah, we want this. Like, I don't understand it. The, the interesting thing is that when you, it happened to me, someone raided me and nothing popped up and all these people started spamming like raid and chat. And then I was like, oh, that's super interesting. Like that didn't come up on my stream labs, like stream labels thing for all my alerts. It didn't come up in chat. And my immediate thought was like, oh, that's weird. Must be like a little bug, you know? Yeah. Like, I would never have dreamed, like, oh, that's a feature. That's a thing Twitch brought in. Like, it just made for a really awkward... Um, it just made for a really awkward encounter, right? Where you're like, oh, well, oh, uh, sorry, I guess this person raided me. Um, yeah, don't know why that didn't pop up. Weird. And it's like, the the if the if if my first thought is, like, that must be a strange little glitch that happened. Like, it, that's, it shouldn't be like that. Um, and I, I have to wonder what Twitch thinks they're achieving with, uh, with this feature. If, if maybe they do just think this is helping out the big streamers, we've seen them change API features before. I know there's been some things with, you know, they, they tried to combat these, uh, people that were maybe lurking and, and trying to get, increase their viewership numbers with these lurk for lurk communities. And, and they changed the way, the way things work there. Um, you know, we've seen changes to the api i remember years ago there was changes that drastically affected people's viewership numbers with the way it counted viewers and it was like noticeable one day it just changed but yeah this is a weird one this is a really really weird one one of my worries is that will this discourage people who are smaller streamers from bothering to raid yeah raiding because at all if you if you know that you're under 10 and it's not necessarily going to be seen. Will people just be like, "Well, if you're under 10, why you should I bother?" Streaming anyway, you have to be 13 years of age or older. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a super toxic, yeah. like, <laughs> if, you, yeah, if you're exactly under 10 viewers, you give up. We shouldn't even be streaming in the first place, you piece of shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> give up on your dreams, you horrible person. <laughs> Hot take from the mighty kibbles. Follow him on Twitter, folks. <laughs> you are right, though. Like, it's... it's The last but, thing you want is to encourage people to not raid. Because, you know, I remember, you know... Well, thinking, some people just end their stream. Well, They'll just I, say, all I right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow and end stream, and that's it. Way back before raids were even an official thing, right? Because raids were one of those things that streamers kind of came up with you know i'm gonna host this person but we're gonna go raid them right that was uh it was uh it came from the community and then twitch made it an actual feature right and i, I remember you know sitting there with two viewers and i specifically i remember the first time i was hosted with 10 exactly and it was like holy shit this is insane i have 12 viewers in my stream now like, I've, <laughs> I've never seen double digits before this is crazy and i remember even like thinking like damn like that that's like that guy that hosted me is a big shot he came in with 10 viewers that's <laughs> fucking crazy and it properly made my day right and you know again if you go in and you raid a, a, a streamer if you've if you've got five viewers and you're raiding a streamer that has five viewers you've just doubled their number in the stream like that's a big deal right and people again growing channels smaller channels will appreciate that and trying to i guess de de-incentivize de de-incentivize that's a word right de-incentivize yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah keep going trying keep to going. put people Dis off of yeah. thank you uh trying to put people off of actually rating with with less viewers it fucking sucks i know i did see comments in chat saying that you know there's ways around it which is that you know you can just go back to hosting people 
which is a less yeah. direct way. I mean, the yeah, way and there's like a, there's like a cheesy too. way. You can basically start raid, let it build up, host, and then raid. Yeah. So basically, so yes, you can hit. You can hit in your really in your whether you use your the slash raid or you use your um, creator dashboard. You know, start raid, let it build up, and then x you know slash host. I don't know. I mean, it so just that, seems like a pain in the ass just to like get your stuff noticed i guess for it well, to pop up the, the the issue is right is that if you again if we're going back to absolute basics here if you just host a channel that's just plays over your stream none of your viewers automatically go over to that channel they're still in your chat room yeah um but they're so just no seeing the stream so in order between for your channel and theirs exactly so in order for one of your viewers to actually go over and interact with that other streamer they've got to then click another button to go and join that chat and type and we all know on the internet the more barriers you put up the less people are going to go through there right i don't know if you guys see the same thing but at the end of a stream when i hit a raid people always dip out you know there's always yeah. some percentage of people that aren't interested yeah um and if you are then adding more things where you have to go click this that amount of people are, is going to get even less that are going to stick oh yeah for, for sure i mean especially when you're talking about you know like smaller channels or whatever so i mean say you say you regularly you know you're averaging 10 or maybe you might have you know anywhere between 10 and 20 people you might be rating someone the bigger channels where you have like like i just watched it today like i was watching gigs earlier and he you know he had around 2k people watching him which he normally about does and when he raids someone, like he first like blasts his uh, chat with the link so that they pick the link so you can click on it and actually go to the channel. Mm -hmm. But I mean, out of 2,000 people, he probably has a good amount of lurkers that wouldn't click that channel, you know, click the link anyway. And then obviously has a, but he has, just because he has so many people, he has a lot more people that would click on it and actually actively engage in the raid and the host. But when you're talking, you know, someone that has, you know, maybe averaging 10 to 20 people, you know, probably a good amount of those, you know, are probably actually lurkers, you know, not necessarily not involved, but not so involved to where they'd be like, yeah, I'm paying attention enough to where I'm going to click this link. You know what I mean? So it's yep. like, even if you were to just like host or do this little rate host raid thing, you know, they may not click the link or they may not be the one to actually click the button that actually puts them in someone's chat to count as a viewer for whoever you're rating, which is kind of the important thing about you know, rating someone, bringing these viewers, whether they're lurking or not, bringing them over to someone's channel to actually give them that number boost. Because if, otherwise, it's like they all—they're not even there. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. And and the the old way, like you say, was you would just spam the link in chat and then host and hope that people are going to click that and go over. Um, the the sort of workaround that you were mentioning, where you let the raid build up and then you host and then the raid goes through. I guess does kind of eliminate that because then the host is going to pop up in the API. So the streamer knows that they're being hosted, but then at the same time, all those viewers do get pushed over yeah. in the raid. But it's like, why do we have to go to that extra? And level? I will 100% fuck that up every time. <laughs> there's, there's not going to be a situation where I get that right. Yeah. It's uh, like, I, I, I'm the guy that instead of hit raid, I hit, <laughs> I hit 90 second ad. <laughs> Yeah, accidentally Don't. running an ad. <laughs> I need them panties, baby. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's super interesting and uh I hope that they revert this change. Anyway, I'll put it that way. Um any other thoughts on that at all? No, I think it's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. And it's I, all just bullshit. Make, I just want to make I just want to make one bullshit. more comment about 
their Twitch and Twitch's bullshit music stuff or whatever it's called, stream, whatever it is. I don't even know what it's called. Anyway, Twitch is owned by who? Amazon. Microsoft. Did you <laughs> Soon, did probably. you forget or were we supposed to fill that in? Do you I know audio people can't see what I'm doing, but you see what I'm doing. Twitch is owned by who? God damn it, I fucking hate all of you. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon is worth billions of dollars. Buy some fucking licenses and let us listen to whatever fuck music we want to listen to. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Billions. <laughs> nope. It's a solid point. Solid point. Um I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens and see if uh, if Twitch fix this all out, you know? Um but we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep updating it. And uh I'm sure we'll have many more episodes where we talk about DMCA and all this <laughs> all the usual suspects. Uh I think that is about time to wrap up there. Uh so first of all Grog, where can the people find you and uh, what do you want to plug? What you got going on? Um, people can find me on Twitch uh, and YouTube at just underscore Grog. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok uh, at gamer underscore Grog. Um, I stream five days a week and uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are my longest days. Um, I start at 1130 a.m. Uh, Eastern times. So that's 430 p.m. if you're in the U.K., and uh yeah and then saturdays i do a co-stream with my wife uh, we do like sort of uh couch co-op like indie games on those days so it's pretty fun awesome humps where can everyone find you uh <laughs> you can find me on all the socials at sir humps except for twitter you can add an underscore on the on the end of that um you know i'm, I'm back to streaming uh, i've been on the destiny grind again so i've been doing a lot more pvp for destiny i'm actually going to be probably hopping in some trials doing some trials cards with bubbles uh after this um and again just to mention you know if you want to save some money on some beard products hit that livebearded.com brother save 10 percent using code sir Humps. nice sorry i was just a little excited <laughs> <laughs> and kibbles yeah, um, you can find me at The Mighty Kibbles on Twitch and TikTok and YouTube. I actually had a video come out 20 minutes ago It was hey. when it was scheduled. So I've been playing a lot of Among Us on stream, and we're doing the rest of season one of Walking Dead and this game called Danganronpa, which is like Japanese murder mystery nonsense. So it's been pretty fun. You should come hang out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Hell yeah. Video today, Tuesday, and Thursday. Nice. Is it an Among Us video today? Yep. Among Us and then a bunch of other stuff coming out through the week. All right. Sick. I'm going to go watch that. Uh, cool. And uh, my name is Connifly. You can find me Twitch, uh, YouTube, Twitter, all the, the usuals. Uh, I also have a video coming out uh, soon, like in the next, uh, let's say like half an hour or so and get that done. Uh, so that's going to be coming out. And then, yeah, I also am doing an art stream on Wednesday. Um, the art stream, go on. Art stream. My wife's gonna be joining I've us. I've been waiting. I've been waiting Luke, for check the out, body check painting out, episode. Check out, check out. Like, fuck. I bought an easel. <laughs> an easel for my painting. That easel <laughs> is three foot tall. And look at Condi. <laughs> Condi, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to know what model. Anything. <laughs> I'm gonna need to know what model easel that is. It may be broken. It may be broken. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna do painting, which I can't paint, so this is gonna be interesting. No. Um, you're do you like wine and sip? You know, like those? Just make sure you got some booze in. I'm gonna, I've been watching Bob Ross on Twitch. It's fine. 
like we're yeah. gonna do some paintings and uh like i want to do giveaways as well so that when we do a painting we do a giveaway to someone on stream and give the paintings away oh that'd be cool yeah yeah it'd be dope somebody can get one of my works of art for their house I'll hang it up i'll hang it up right there <laughs> so yeah that's my plan so uh yeah but um more importantly than that make sure you follow the podcast on twitter at zero strategy pod and uh if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms come and check out the live stream uh it's twitch.tv slash zero strategy podcast uh and if you've been watching the live stream and you've enjoyed uh you can find all of our previous episodes on spotify just search for zero strategy podcast or on youtube as well which we can put the link in we also put highlights on youtube now we do we also do highlights so make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel and uh all that good stuff uh if you're watching live we are gonna go and raid someone so please stick around for that uh other than that we'll so be back. six of you are not allowed to leave yes yes please <laughs> uh please uh make sure and come back next time we're gonna have more stuff to talk about but thank you very much for your time and we will see you guys uh later bye, bye guys Peace. Bye.